0: Now, back to BetMGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvat on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM.
1: Got the Sixers up 14-9 on the Hawks. 19-12 lead for the Hornets over the Raptors in the first quarter. Even those Pistons up 18-12. You faded our magic, though, Ryan. Why are you doing that? Oh, they can win. No. They just can't win by eleven. Okay, tonight. fine, fair enough.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of points. <laughs> it's a lot of points. It's a big number. Wish I would have got thirteen. That's where this opened. I mean, but the Pistons are bad. I bet them the other night. That yeah. was a uh, bad, bad choice. The first three quarters look pretty good, but I don't know. Eventually, they're going to uh, win a basketball game, I would assume, <laughs> and or at least compete in one. And they got a six point lead here early, but we'll see. You know, they're just they're they're building up all
1: a lot of good draft picks. They're trusting the process. It's just give them like five more years. They'll be fine. That's all they well, need. The, the, the Pistons? A, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm
3: convinced that they might be the worst. Team in the in the NBA like organizationally over and above the Wizards
1: and they've got talent too. That's well, the Wizards have a whole new front office. So like before, you could maybe put them in that category. Now
3: this is a whole other thing.
1: Yeah, the Pistons are one thing. The Wizards actually like
3: two first round picks for Boyan Bogdanovich.
1: Yeah,
3: I, I don't even understand that. He's not on the timeline. He doesn't. I don't get it. Two first, crazy.
1: There are some. There. This is. Listen, you can have all the talent in the world in your roster but if you got a bad uh bad front office it can ruin absolutely everything. All right, back to the NFL. Rick Stroud jumps on with us now Tampa Bay Times. Falcons, Bucks coming up this weekend. We know we got a race for the NFC South and really Rick it's like that's like one of the few divisions it feels like that still is up for grabs around the NFL. But let's look at this game first. Bucks are two two point dogs, totals forty one in this game. It's the Bucks are hard to figure out because it just feels like week by week you don't necessarily know what you're gonna get from them, especially offensively. I guess that's that's what you get when you have Baker Mayfield. But what do you expect from that offense this weekend against the Falcons?
4: Well, I think, you know, they've run the ball a lot better of late, and Rashad uh, you know, has done Rashad White has done a good job both catching and running. Um, you know, he has a chance to run rush for a thousand yards. I just think the offensive line is playing a little bit better. Uh, Atlanta doesn't have Grady Jarrett. I mean, they're, they're missing some pieces on defense, obviously. Uh, you know, they've been around 20 points a game. I mean, there's there's nothing special in terms of, you know, the explosiveness of this team other than really Mike Evans. But um, in a, you know, a must win, and this is a must win for the Bucks because if they were to lose, they'd not only be two games behind Atlanta, but Atlanta would have the tiebreaker as well. If they win, uh, everybody's in it again, right? Everybody's kind of kind of tied there. Um, so I expect them to play their best game. Now, you know, they're missing a few pieces on defense. Devin White, we're not sure about Vita Vea, which would be a big factor against that Falcons rushing attack. But um, this should be a very competitive, close game, and, and I don't know that it's going to be high scoring.
2: When you look at Baker Mayfield this season, the counting numbers look pretty good. You know, he's completing 63% of his passes, 18 touchdown passes to just eight interceptions, has a QB rating of 90. Um, You know, what do you think, what would your evaluation, though, of Baker be? You know, like, obviously, he's probably not the long-term answer. He's 28 years old. But do you think he's the guy the next season, the season after that, even if they miss out on the playoffs? Because they played pretty well at times, you know, and then there's been some stinkers in there, but he's been all right.
4: I think he's been better than all right for, for what they, they had, Um, you know, when you look at the free agents that came out, whether it was Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, those are hundred million dollar guys. Baker's playing for $4 million. You know, this is a a sort of a prove it one year deal Uh, and he's coming here and he's done everything the right way. Uh, Of course, he's the Pied Piper in the locker room. Everybody follows this guy. He's very likable. And and he plays with sort of an offensive lineman's mentality and, and they love that as well. So, um, you know, he's protected the ball, I think, for the most part. Uh, he's, he's under a, you know, it's a first-time play caller, which hasn't helped him. And Dave Canales, is not only did he learn a new system, but this guy didn't call play since Carson High School, you know, 15 years ago. So uh, there's a learning curve as well as when you, you know, you put in a system that's a zone-running system. It's taken a while for Rashad White, you know, and that offensive line to sort of mesh. Uh, so, so there's been some, some hiccups along the way. Uh, but but I think he's been more than adequate, and you know it depends on where they finish, right? If they're in, if, if if they don't finish well, and they're in the top ten, top twelve, they may be looking at a quarterback in the first round, or even if they do, uh, maybe Baker is sort of that bridge to that young guy. So we'll have to see how it goes. But I know they've been very pleased with him, and uh, I know he likes Tampa. And look, this is his fourth team in 17 months, so yeah. not sure he's looking to move on very quickly if he can avoid it.
3: I want to get your thoughts on Chris Godwin this week in the matchup that he has uh, on paper. It looks like it's a, it's a great matchup for him, but there's been, as you know, some scuttlebutt about the fact that he wasn't really involved last week in the offense, zero catches, zero yards. His wife took to Instagram. Uh, he, you have Todd Bowles talking about it. Is this a spot where maybe they, they look to force feed him a little bit, just given where all of that is at.
4: Well, that's the one thing you don't want to do. And Dave, Canales talked about that, you know, because of all the, of the discussion, you don't want to force force anything. I mean, actually, the first play, the first pass of the game last week was to Chris Godwin, and he just didn't catch it. So, um, listen, I, I think there's a lot of things that have contributed. First of all, he's had 80-something targets, you know, and, and he's got 606 yards, I think, 50-something catches, which isn't horrible because you got to remember, this team is not throwing the football 700-something times this year like they did for the last two years under Tom Brady. Um, so they're trying to be a little more balanced there. And they, they've also changed his position. I mean, he, he was a slot receiver, you know, 60%, 65% of the time or more. Uh, they moved him outside. A, a good part of that was to protect him, uh, put him on the boundary, you know, uh, give him some protection with the, the injuries. He's been beat up a lot in his career, and not just the, the two knee ligaments, but shoulders and hands and all, all kinds of things. And now he's been playing with a, a neck, sore neck. So all that, you know, is to say that yes, they they would have liked to have gotten Chris more involved at times. It, it's glaring when you don't have a catch in a game and he has just one touchdown and that's been the biggest thing. They're not they've not been a good red zone team, but we know who they look for in the red zone and he's a pretty good option in Mike Evans. So um, you know, it, but I, I think you know, they've had discussions about it this week, which the last thing you want to do is force it. I'll say this, Chris Godwin's had his best games in Atlanta. He had a uh, uh, you know a franchise record 15 catches up there one day with Tom Brady. So he does enjoy playing on that surface.
3: Do you think uh, five catches, 50 yards is conceivable?
4: <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I really do. I think that's that's right about, you know, I, I would think he could achieve, achieve that. That's sort of been what he's done more often than not. And, hey, with, you know, it, the way the NFL goes, you know, there's a discussion one week about something, and then the next week, it's forgotten since some guy goes off, right? And everybody's like, well, see, yeah, you had to get the ball to Chris Godwin. So I don't think they'll force it, but I know that Chris is motivated. And uh, this is a big game, and he's he's played in big games. And that's the thing I would say about uh, about both those receivers.
2: Uh, my favorite player to watch on this team is Winfield Jr. He's just been a defensive weapon this season. He's got three sacks this season. He had an interception late in the fourth quarter, three pass breakups. He also had eight tackles in that game, and he's on the final year of his rookie deal does uh, Tampa Bay pay him, or do you think he's elsewhere next year?
4: Oh, he's going nowhere, and if they have to, they'll franchise him. I mean, mm-hmm. Antoine Winfield Jr. has been their MVP on defense. He he is the uh, example, A, of how you play when you're in a contract year. <laughs> you come out, yep. and you make plays, and he can affect it at every level, right? He's a guy that has tackles for losses. You mentioned the sacks. He's had more sacks, and then he's defensive back since 2020. And, you know, and now we're starting to see him. You know, they, they had him down in the box a little bit more last year. They wanted to preserve him. He got nicked up a little bit. And they needed his ball ball skills as a center fielder. And you saw he absolutely clinched that game against Carolina with that interception. So, uh, yeah, he's going to get paid. Uh, you know, again, uh, the the goal would be to try to reach a long-term deal with him. But I would say of all the free agents they have, and that includes Mike Evans at this point, uh, you know, he's he's priority number one. And then they'll try to, you know, extend, even though he's he's got a fifth-year option, but I think they'll try to extend Tristan Wirfs as well. So those two guys in the same draft, pretty good players.
1: Talking to Rick Stroud, BetMGM tonight, uh, the Falcons are really just not great when it comes to defending tight ends. Kate Otten has kind of been a roller coaster this year. It's like people certainly love to dive in on his props market and look at the yards and say maybe this is going to be the week. I was looking at it's, it's only 24 and a half receiving yards. He didn't have a single catch, nothing last week, obviously. But you go back to 45 against Indy, 49 against San Francisco. Does this feel like kind of a bounce-back, rebound spot? Because, I mean, Tennessee a few weeks ago, he then only had three targets, two catches, and 10 yards.
4: Yeah, it's difficult with Cade. I think part of it is the fatigue. You know, they play a lot of two tight ends. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's had games where he doesn't come off the field. Um, And so when you're playing that many snaps – um, you know, sometimes it's hard to run, you know, all those over routes and seam routes and things like that. Um, so that, that's been a big factor in it. And I do look for him to bounce back, though. You know, it, it's rare that, that he would go sort of this long. We saw him have a big day in Houston, you know, a while back when they scored 39 points. If K dotton is catching the football, their offense seems to move a lot better because he's going to get the matchups, right? You're going to see the double teams on, on Chris at times, on Mike Evans, obviously. Uh, you know Some of the young receivers will come in and, and, and play in the slot. They can you know, take, take it deep. And that's when Cade can work some of those underneath uh, inside routes. And so um, you know, usually, again, they'll, they'll go back and they'll look and see what happened against Atlanta in the first game. What plays do they leave off the table? And, and I think that, uh, that Otten is a, is, is a weapon that they've gotten away from um, but certainly he's capable of coming back in a big way. You know, uh, just looking at the
2: NFC just as a whole, you know, you have Philadelphia who won the NFC last year, but Brock Purdy obviously wasn't available in the NFC championship game. And then San Francisco just beat up on Philadelphia earlier this season. They beat up on Dallas. You know, when you look at the NFC as a whole, who uh, who gives San Francisco their best fight? Is it Dallas because we've seen them play them close in the playoffs the last two years, or who would be the team, you know, that you would take, uh, other than San Francisco, because right now in the NFC they just look like a perfect team.
4: Yeah, I think it's going to be tough to beat them. I, I, you know the way Dallas is playing, uh, and of course they got they got smashed by San Francisco, but they certainly have the components right. Um, a lot's going to be on Dak Prescott, who, who you know there always is when you're the Dallas quarterback. But he's starting to do some things with his legs now and 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 extend plays and be a little off off script a little bit more. And uh, I think he's he feels great physically. That shows up. They just have so many weapons, you know, on that offensive side of the ball. And then defensively, uh, if you have to play a catch-up game against them, where you have to abandon the run, you're in a whole lot of trouble, you know. Uh, you know the Bucks, Tom Brady's last year, they they limped into the playoffs. They were division champions. They just got smashed, um, you know, by by the Cowboys and Dak. Um, so uh, you know them and or Philadelphia. I really think it's a, it's a three-team race. I'm not sure that Detroit defensively can hang with those those teams, you know, for a, for a, a playoff game. Um, so to me, it, it seems like it's going to be Dallas is going to be that other team.
3: You mentioned that this team uh, might take a quarterback if they're in the right spot draft-wise. Who do you think that's you know coming into the league this year would be the best fit for the Buccaneers?
4: Ooh, that's tough because again, I I just think that you know, you you don't know where you're going to pick. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of guys. Um, But if you're talking about, you know, playmakers, right. Uh, Guys that have have played at a high level and maturity level, I think Bo Nix is somebody if you were to come out, you know, and, 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 you know, he'd be one Michael Penix is from Tampa. I think I'm interested in him because he could be a guy that could get a little later uh, in the draft. uh, But, you know, he's, he's got tremendous accuracy uh, the thing you worry about is the injury history, obviously, uh, but a Tampa guy that, um, you know, w- would certainly excite uh, the fan base with what he's done at Washington and, you know, uh, a chance to be, you know, uh, on that Heisman stage as well. So there's just a couple. I mean, I, I again, if if the Bucks were to lose and this thing goes south really quick, uh, that puts in, in, you know, more in the upper echelons. But right now we got them, you know, picking somewhere in the middle to the Middle bottom of the first round, just depending on how they finish the season.
1: Rick, still got about 90 seconds or so here. Earlier in the week, we were just trying to figure out because there was an Adam Schefter, not really report, but he said something along the lines of there could be up to 10 coaching vacancies this offseason in the NFL. And we thought Tampa might potentially be one of those. Do you think that Tampa might make a coaching change this offseason?
4: I think it's very possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I like Todd Bowles a lot, uh, but you got to remember, you know, he kind of inherited this job from Bruce Arians. In the final year under Tom Brady, the team was pretty old. You didn't get a chance to pick his coaches or anything like that. They allowed him to hire some of his own guys. I think it was it was a big expectation to think that this team could, could keep it together and thread that needle and win the division. Um, He's got them, you know, with a win on Sunday. They're about where they were a year ago, right, with a chance to win it with nine or ten wins. Of course, they won it with eight, and they, they sat a bunch of people against Atlanta the last week. Um, if they don't make a run here and, and you know, they, they don't win many games, Todd Bowles just doesn't have enough of, of a background of winning as a head coach in this league to really maybe sustain uh, an extra year. So, you know, typically uh, the defense has been an issue at times. He coaches that side of the ball. And if you are going to draft a quarterback, you always get what you don't have, right? you got a defensive coordinator. If they do make a coaching change, it's going to be an offensive guy that they marry with a quarterback, so I think he knows what what's going on, and and uh, he's got to win some games down the stretch.
1: He's Rick Stroud, at Tampa good Bay stuff. Times. Great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on with us, man. Thanks for having me. You know, I I really uh, I good. like Bijan Robinson is one of the props I love in this game. They're starting yeah, to give to him I, give him more touches. Tyler yeah, was
3: your eight the last yeah. time these two teams played. Yeah, that Bijon is true. Was sick.
2: That is true.
1: that feel- was
3: the that was the scary. That was like the the conspiracy game, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Yep, yeah, when he didn't feel good yet, he was taking pregame photos with fans. And yeah. all of a sudden, he was out there in the fourth quarter on the most important snap of the game. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. No, I'm rolling with uh, Karpik, actually. I'm going to I'm gonna do the uh, Kyle Pitts ladder. I think Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts is finally going to break out and have a game. Maybe even get in the end zone. Hopefully. How high are you going to go on this ladder? How high are you going to climb? I'll go up to like 85. I don't okay. want to get too wild. Yeah. That's even pretty wild because Kyle Pitts, sometimes I forget he's even on this planet, guys. I, you know same. who I don't forget about? Kalen DeBoer right there, coach there of the is. year. Marvin Harrison winning awards, my guy. I can't Jade wait to watch Daniels Marvin Harrison. Daniels winning the big one tomorrow night. Party at the Horvat House for highs. Heiz- wait, nope. Christmas. No, no, probably. Can't, can't do it. Gotta no. go to a stupid party. Christmas party. Oh,
1: poor guy. At least
2: I'll be rich. BetMGM the night.
0: We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL. We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. There you
1: go. You guys have anything on the Army-Navy game tomorrow?
2: I got Navy plus three. Do you? Under. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with Trista. I mean, if I was going to bet the total, I could only go under. Right.
3: It's gone under 16 in the last 17 years. Right.
2: And, they, I wanted and to, it went oh, over for, with an overtime game last yep. year. Yeah. I just wanted to really go to the game to be honest with you guys. I think it's like Didn't
3: you take Nathan to it last year?
2: Yeah. It's yeah. it's it's, top. it's it's bucket list stuff. Mm-hmm. It's awesome, man. And uh unfortunately though Christmas, Christmas photos party. and a Christmas <laughs> party with my neighbors. I'm going to get going to say, Blitz Yeah, you will party. not be sober, so you'll be I'm, okay. I'm going to be doing some karaoke. That's, that's the only way that they got me to agree. I already got my songs ready. We're going to start with a little last kiss. We're going to close out maybe with a little uh, last Christmas in honor of the season. Yes. The we'll go with the wham version, day, though. Yeah.
3: You yeah. gave it Merry away.
2: How wrapped it? Oh, I don't know. Nope. Oh, you got to say You've been saying your voice is a little raspy. Yeah. coming back from being might, sick, man. I might do some Michael Bublé. Oh, you got to do some buble. Not I want to go some home, Sinatra. even though I do quite, uh, to be honest with you guys, <laughs> want to go home back to Chicago for like the next month. My whole family, just tonight. See, now everybody goes home still like like my, my family. I have like 45 cousins, as you guys know, big yep, family. Big. And Christmas really begins tonight. You know, and also happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate happy out Hanukkah. there. Happy Hanukkah. Our own Scott Lynn. Uh, our guy, Mitch Rosen, Happy Hanukkah. But my family does it kind of the same way, even though we're Catholic and we celebrate Christmas. And then my wife is Serbian, so her Christmas is in January. But oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's That's like January 6th or 7th. Huh. I should know this. It's yeah, you better know but this. But we celebrate it December 26th with her family. Like, So we go back-to-back yeah, yeah, so. back days. But like my whole family tonight, they're like at this like Shania Twain cover concert for some <laughs> reason. Like this country music cover concert. And uh, it looks looks like it's a good
3: time. Sunday, um, January 7th.
2: Oh, yeah. You were close.
3: Yeah, Yeah, you were close. Eastern Orthodox Christmas. Yeah. So everybody's having a good time, but I'm just
2: happy to be here watching some, uh, what are the Hornets playing right now? Toronto Raptors. Big game, and I'm 46, so glad 32. we're going to be here to live bet it. Hell yeah, I
1: love it. You looked like you, Luke, had something to say about the Army-Navy game. No, I was no? just going
2: to say, I was able to be on the field for it last year, and it mm-hmm. was the coolest experience Yeah, ever. that's that. got to that.
5: meet uh, Gene Steritone. I'm saying his name right. Steritore. Yeah. Got to meet him. Close Mark enough. Wahlberg mm-hmm. walked right behind me, which was pretty cool. I didn't Sapa. realize how small of a guy he is. Yeah, he's 5'4". <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he's, he's probably like 5'7". Five, five.
2: No. He's like five four. Yeah, yeah. He's taller than five he's four. 5'7". He's, he's like Kevin eight. Hart is yeah, closer he, to like
3: five four. He's a four. little like very, very slightly. He's a little dude though.
2: I, I'll never like my dad because when we owned the video store, he was like, "Yeah, Tom Cruise, all these guys are like five foot three. Yep. and I was like, "No yeah. way!" So yeah. he's a
3: he's a member at Riviera Country Club in LA, and I'm like, uh, it's like a golf course that I've played a ton. So he he's a left-handed golfer, so am I. So every time I see him out there, he likes to go out early. He likes to go out like five thirty, five forty-five in the morning. So normally by the time I'm yeah. teeing off or about to tee off, he's coming off the golf course. And he's always like, "What's up, Southpaw? You got your juice? Got your green juice?" Southpaw, you want to use my wedges? And I'm like, yeah, yes, obviously.
2: Southpaw's got to stick You're talking together. Talking about Wahlberg, yeah, yeah. right? Okay, so um, I've told you this. I'm in love with Mark Wahlberg.
3: Yeah, he's awesome.
2: Oh yeah, dude, yeah. I, I'm a big. He's a
3: little bit of a creeper, but he's but he's like not in a bad way. I, I just yeah, I uh, you I'm know what I mean?
2: I'm team meathead, and uh, <laughs> I, I love Wahlberg, man. I follow him on Instagram. I'm a big fan of his. Him and Mario Lopez, and they're boys. Invested
3: in an F forty five. He did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah he's got LA. a lot
2: of money. I mean, no, they got... Does. They he obviously does. like he's Wallberger. he's a he's Yeah, a, yeah, Wallberger, Right, right. He's got his own um, production company. Municipal. He's he's on with municipal? them. They make like apparel and like sneakers and stuff. I haven't bought anything from him yet. I'm white.
3: Not yeah. that big of a fan, obviously.
2: Well, I, I'm still Team Nike. You know what I
3: mean? Same.
1: Yeah. It's hard to switch if you're really loyal to, like, one yeah. brand. Yeah, but I I love Mark
2: Wahlberg. The Departed. Oh, one of my favorite. Actually, oh, yeah. my favorite movie of all time. It replaced Goodfellas a couple wow. of years ago. Yeah. Casino. It's a big deal. I, it's a big list for me, Are though. you going to be okay,
1: by the way, with only one college football game on this weekend? I'm not
2: even going to be able to watch it. Like, that's
1: what I mean. Like, you're you're This is going to be weird for you.
3: Taking photos. I'm
2: actually, to be honest, I'm okay with it. I
1: think people at some point I'm you, you, you get a little footballed out. Like, listen, we love it, but there's a certain point where, like, you're ready for the next step, like bowl games, college football playoff, NFL totally. playoffs. I'm ready for the damn playoffs. I've done enough of playoff scenarios already, and I know we've still got a month left of these, but like, I'm ready to see the play. I love the when you got the divisional rounds, yeah. even the wild card weekend, but divisional rounds always the best because you get just the competition is all like you get just epic games. Then yeah. I'm ready for that, so I totally get what you're saying.
2: I was depressed until like everybody opted out pretty much. For Ohio State or just left campus and I was able to fade them with uh, Missouri and then I'm really excited for the college football playoff I feel terrible for Florida State man Um, what I wish would have happened was the NCAA already does this they throw stuff at the wall all the time to see what sticks and they make up their own rules as they go along and now who (laughs) really cares they have less power now than they've ever had with kids making money with NIL and with the transfer portal what they should have done since we're going to the expanded playoff next year anyway is you don't punish Georgia for losing for the first time in three years, and you can't punish Florida State. For going undefeated, but having their quarterback hurt, especially when they're, non-confe- they're non-conference. The first game of the season, they beat LSU on a neutral field. You should have just went to six teams. Somebody has this to be year, punished. This year, like just at the end? Just at the end. You say, you know what? Do you know the type of
1: chaos that would create if they did that? Oh, what about the 17? Why can't we get there? There's already chaos. I know, but you, that, <laughs> so, that you is know, a can of worms you do not want to open. Here's what open. I would have done, you're though. You're a crazy person. All right?
2: I would have brought some edibles into the room with all okay, those old well, fogies. We're off to a good start and now. And I would have said, all right, guys, hmm. I know you guys have not, you don't watch None of you guys know ball. I turn the TV off. I say, stop kidding yourselves. You're all just looking for excuses to leave leave the house. No more Matlock for you guys. Here's what we're (laughs) going to do, all right? So Georgia has a loss, right? Alabama has a loss. Texas has a loss. Those teams have to be punished. The undefeated teams, they move on. We're going to go six-team playoff. You guys figure it out. But all six get in. All six have a shot at raising the trophy. Because Florida State... All right, I love Jordan Travis, but he's a fifth-year senior. He's not going to be an NFL starting quarterback. Two years ago, they were talking about moving Jordan Travis to wide receiver. I'm not saying Tate Rodemaker is going to beat Alabama or Texas, but I'm saying Florida State still has a top-10 defense. They still have really good skill position players like Coleman and like Johnny Wilson. They have a strong run game, a pretty good offensive line. Like, quarterback's important, but it's not... It's laziness, in my opinion. It's like when we talk like NFL and everybody's like, Well, the it was Dak Prescott sucks. Florida
3: State, it was I think the thing that killed him was the 3-0 halftime lead.
2: Against Louisville. Louisville.
3: Yeah, over yeah, Louisville. But, it was just t- just tough to overcome that. Mm-hmm, it feels yeah. like their it felt like their offense just couldn't move the ball and they were terrified uh with the quarterback making a throw he just wouldn't he yeah just ran the ball over that you just don't want that against a team like michigan yeah
2: and that's why i was laughing in the fourth quarter because i believe it was jesse palmer on the call for the game and he's like you know what they should do when they should have been just running out the clock and then taking knees he's like actually i wouldn't be surprised the florida state tried to We're score to here. Out here and i'm like it's a one possession game like did you not watch and miami d- a couple and they weeks ago try to score they yeah. did score yeah. And, yeah and i was like. That makes sense, though. But even if they got on the board one more time, it wasn't going to get them in. It's it sucks. And like half my family, Florida State fans, so sucks to be them. Uh, I'll be kicking back though, betting a tremendous amount of money on Michigan and a tremendous amount of money on Washington. The Washington disrespect. We talked about this a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. I mean, like we were looking at like twenty-two to one prices on an undefeated team, and uh, yeah, they're not a perfect football team, but I mean, they got Michael Penix and a bunch of NFL wide receivers, Kalen DeBoer, and I thought the defense was soft. Turns out. Uh, not so soft. They actually showed up against Oregon, and they kind of dominated Oregon in the trenches, which I didn't expect. So maybe maybe I Washington. Didn't expect that. I didn't expect Washington that either. just reminds me of last year's TCU team, but better. Yeah. I would say
5: I agree with Washington disrespect, but you really you really think Michigan's going to beat Alabama? That's I do. Like what you're yeah. Riding with? I mean, I have yeah. Alabama fourteen
2: to one national championship, right. but yeah, I, I think this is Harbaugh's year, and um, I think Michigan. I don't even know if you'd classify them as a sleeping giant, but I think that's what they are just because they didn't really play anybody other than Penn state and Ohio state and both teams. I think were like, you know, a little down compared to what we thought that they were going to be like Ohio state for the first time in 10 years, didn't have a real quarterback, Kyle McCord. That's why he transferred (laughs) Penn state. Couldn't get anything going explosive on offense, but yeah, I mean, um, I just, I think they win it all. And then I think Harbaugh is back too.
1: It's sounding more and more like that's going to be the case. They're talking again about an extension with him, which to me, it just would be, shocking given everything that's gone on unless behind the scenes michigan's just like look we got this settled it's done we want an extension we want you here because listen they've had we can argue year after year whether or not beating ohio state matters more than anything else in michigan or vice versa the other way and for a while was right michigan couldn't beat ohio state with jim john harbaugh or jim harbaugh there and now he's a god yeah why would if he like going to the nfl That's a whole new pain in the ass you have to deal with.
2: Well, really quick on that, too. Okay, so NFL, um, you don't get to recruit your players. It's all free agency, right? right? So already he gets to choose um, his coaching staff, obviously, and then who plays for him. But also, look at this deal that will sign, too. Um, And the difference is NFL... It's not all guaranteed. Like, Jimbo Fisher is getting paid right now to do absolutely nothing. So Jim Harbaugh is going to get, like, $11 million a year at Michigan if he goes back. And also, he probably feels pretty good about the boosters and everybody in that program because they had his back Plus during this spy game stuff. Plus, that's your too. When, yeah.
3: when you've gone to a school and you have that, like, sense of loyalty and connection. Yeah. You're just never going to have that in an NFL right. team.
2: And they had his back on all this. You yeah. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he served his suspension. So now that's all done and he's going to make tons of money and he sees what's happening in the NFL. He saw urban Meyer go back or go, you and know, and, and be one and done. You know, he saw like a lot of these guys are one and done. And then it's over with college football. You have a longer lease. You're making a ton of money.
3: And he's um, not going to the booth. Like, let's be and- honest. Like Harbaugh is not a no, booth no. call like on the, commentator no. analyst and, and what they'll, they'll probably situation.
2: do like you guys saw so Kansas when Bill Self got in trouble they pretty much like came out with a new deal for him where it's like Bill yeah. Self you could do whatever you want you could kill somebody and we're not mm-hmm. gonna fire you as long as you don't kill him like in the middle of the floor during a live nationally televised game <laughs> like you could do whatever you want and you're never gonna be punished that would be the Harbaugh deal too so like he's gonna get away with whatever he wants he's gonna make a ton of money and like now the pressure's off too he's beat Ohio State Unless they win the national championship, and he's like, now I've got my national title, my brother has a Super Bowl ring, and he beat me to get it, I want that. But where do you go that you could just... But, I mean, then there's... This, I mean, does that... I
1: wonder... Carolina?
2: Does that matter to him? Carolina, yeah. Um, I, no, but Chicago's I Chicago's mean, the team that i gonna It I've would matter seen. to me. It would, it would matter to Bears. me. Like, if Bears. my brother had a Super Bowl ring and beat me... Yeah. Th- the money wouldn't be enough for me, because they're already rich. I would have to go back and get my Super Bowl ring. I would not want to be at the dinner table with John... And he's got his ring. But if he's got a national title, you could say, well, why don't you go try to coach And John will be football? like, yeah, cool amateur national title. Remember what happened in that Super Bowl? You guys had the lead, and we cut the lights out from your ass.
5: <laughs> I do think there is a possibility, though, when the season ends, like in the spring, there's probably going to be a lot more information that comes out more about all this <laughs> stuff. Oh, the Harbaugh the stuff? The Harbaugh yeah. stuff. And it, it could be an interesting situation for Michigan. They might have to do something they don't want to do.
2: I got a tweet from John, and he says... It sounds uh, like you've heard something, Luke. Hard for Harbaugh to be back when he'll be in prison, yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going to jail.
1: Yeah, I think you took that to like a very far extreme there. I don't know if that was where we He's were not trying going to go. To the gu- <laughs> I think they're not I,
3: putting his head I in don't a know spike.
1: That was the plan here. We got some big playoff implications this weekend in the NFL. Nothing bigger than Eagles, Cowboys. Brian brought us live from Dallas next. It's Bet MGM tonight. Hey, hey.
0: Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL. This is BetMGM Tonight. Join us for live sweats. Oh
3: yes Let's go 80, State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes
0: ago the thing up three. now. Instant reaction.
1: This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece.
0: And maybe a few regrettable decisions.
2: Oh, he's got bust written all over him. It goody can sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5'340, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the wizards. Yep.
0: Now Live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick,
3: and Nick Ashu.
1: 64-52. How about those Hornets over the Raptors? We got to Trey Taylor winning the Jim Thorpe Award. It's a night full of all kinds of events, Ryan. That's got,
2: huge right there. He had three interceptions, a career high this season, and he's, I believe, the first uh, Naval Academy uh, winner. So, he's Air Force, though. Or Air Force winner, yeah, I'm sorry. He's yeah, Air, Air Force Military, Force academy. Military, yes, there yes, yes, you go. Yes, yes. I'm all excited for the game
1: tomorrow. I can't wait for that. I'm going to be in downtown Annapolis. It's not the, like the game is there, but, you know, people will be
2: uh, excited. You should go and tailgate, yeah. even if you don't go into the game. It is. I'm telling you, it's bucket list, though, yeah. man. It is. It's one of my favorite events. I wish I could be going, but uh, Christmas party and Christmas photos Poor for guy. the first time in three years. Poor guy. Well, at least on Sunday, you'll be able to
1: watch uh Cowboys. Eagles, My Cowboys, a game that matters. My Cowboys, for I told so you guys. I tried to get you many... to buy in.
2: You guys made fun of me. You called Dak a choke artist. <laughs> hey, I saved the receipts. How damn about it. how
1: about they actually beat a team with a winning record first? We could talk about that because oh, they've got the Eagles weekend. coming up this weekend. Brian Broaddus jumps on with us. One hundred five three. The fan in Dallas. Uh, let, what's just the temperature right now down there for this game? The Cowboys. The way Dak is playing right now, it feels like it's probably in a pretty good spot.
5: Yeah, guys. Good evening, and it absolutely is. And you know, it's. Uh, you know the way that the 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 offense as a whole, uh, you know, with Mike McCarthy and the, the the things that have come out of the buy, and they make a really big deal about this with their coaches and the fact that they cross uh, they cross really pass with the defensive coaches looking at offensive tape, you know, the offensive coaches looking at defensive tape, and we've kind of you know since they had that buy and we're all kind of starting to believe that maybe Dan Quinn and the defensive coaching staff came in there and said, listen, Mike, if you currently run this offense the way it is, you're not going to move the ball at all. And, you know, they do a lot of that, what they, like I say they call it cross the hall. And ever since then though, this, this offense has done a really nice job. Dax played very well. The offensive line uh, finally getting work coming together pretty nicely though. They got uh, Brandon cooks involved. Jake Ferguson has been outstanding. So there's a, there's a lot of positivity going on right now uh, with this Cowboy offense and the way that they're able to put a lot of points up on the board.
3: What are some of the biggest changes that have been made offensively?
5: Uh, I think really when you look at them and you watch their all 22 and the, the film of their games is that you watch their combinations of how they incorporate with their routes. And there's really good marriage between the routes with the receivers and the tight end. So – You will get, say you will have a bunch formation where you get three wide receivers or two wide receivers and a tight end to one side, and then you get two outs and a seam route behind it. And now you've got coverage that's pulled to the two outs, and then the seam route is a one-on-one, an open shot. You know, And Dak's did a pretty nice job, whereas last year they had problems when Dak was throwing the ball in the middle of the field. They had interceptions. That was a big thing that was going on, but – They've done a much better job of, with the, the route combinations. The protection has been a lot better. And then, you know, Dak has done a, uh, a really nice job of being able to find the open guy and knowing that, okay, we've we designed this play to take advantage of this safety or take advantage of this corner. And uh, they're doing that far more now than they did earlier in the season.
2: Yeah, Brian, since the bye week, the offense has been near perfect, and obviously they step up in class a little bit this week, but the defensive side of the ball still love the pass rush. Uh, you worry a little bit, I guess, about like the slot corner position, and I like Bland. The interception numbers are obviously really good, but he's been getting picked on uh, the last couple weeks, nice. especially last week. And then when you pop on like the all-22, the middle of the field, you know the linebackers, they're a little bit beat up right now. Sure. Is that your main concern with the defensive side of the ball, just the middle of the field, the linebacker position?
5: it's not the linebackers guys. It's the safeties, Yeah, you know, but you get in a lot of trouble here in Dallas when you uh, you talk about safety play. And that's something I was really screaming about actually since training camp, you know, yeah. and then it's like, and then everybody wants to throw, you know, uh, pro football focus grades in my face and all that stuff like that. And, but honestly, you know, they've, they've struggled, you know, Malik Hooker hasn't played as well as he needed to play as a true free safety. Uh, you know, curse you know, hasn't really, you know, played up to the standards that we saw from him last year, you know, and then Donovan Wilson, you know, missed all of the training camp basically with a calf injury. And, you know, and, you know, if you look at the, the 73 yard touchdown uh, that DK Metcalf had last week, you know, it was for, for some unknown reason, they're playing two on the, on the, on the hash. And all of a sudden, you know, Wilson steps up and for no reason, there was nothing threatening him to, take a crosser or anything like that. He just steps up and reacts to the play. And then the ball goes right between him and, and bland. And so, you know, yeah, it's, it, they've had some problems and, you know, they've had some problems because what they've asked these safeties to do is they play so much dime. And we talk about dime. That's the six, you know, six defensive backs. These safeties are having to play a lot of linebacker in these games because they don't have the linebackers you know, they don't have the depth there. That's why you try and go out and you get, you're trying to get Shaq Leonard because, you know, they're in a situation where they just don't have a lot of depth there. So guys like Bell and Wilson and all those guys are having to step up and play these positions, you know, out of positions. It might be getting a little banged up, but they just really haven't been that great in the middle of the field when you talk about the linebacker play. And with Leighton Van Esch being out, you know, that really has hurt them as well. They've just tried to kind of, plug as many holes as they can, but it's at times it it hasn't worked out as well.
2: Yeah, really quick going back to the offense. I should say it's been close to perfect. The only issue has been the run game. You know, Tony Pollard doesn't really look like an every down back. I still like him a lot, but I wanted to ask you actually about Tyler Smith because, you know, like he gave up four pressures, I believe the first six games and then the last four games he's given up 12 pressures. Is he healthy and is that a concern, you know, the offensive line because they're still ranked top five if you look at the pro football focus grades, like you said, but yeah. um, you know there yeah. has been some issues the last couple of weeks holding up a little no, bit. No,
5: there has been. and you know and, but the, I'll tell you what we get Zach Martin on every Thursday here at 1053 the fan and you know it, I guess, Zach, I go, what did you guys do to deserve having to deal with all these defensive tackles you guys have been playing? Because it has been a, just a, you know, a monster group. It seems like every week they've had to deal with some of the best, you know, defensive tackles, the size, the power, the quickness. I mean, they're, it's just been a, and in this division that they play in, you know, with the commanders and, and the giants and the, you know, and the Eagles, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't get easy with this. So. Yeah, it's been a it's been some you know there's been some problems. The thing about these offensive linemen, you grade them for 65 plays, if they have three bad plays, you know it's you feel okay. But if they have five bad plays or six bad plays in the game, now they've had a bad game. And I think there's been some time where you no know, Tyron Smith has been outstanding, and him and Tyler Smith on the on that same side, I, I think that that's that's been you know something that. Uh, you know, Cowboy fans should be happy about. But for a second year, though, I, I think that if you're, if you're really kind of nitpicking on Tyler Smith, uh, man, that, that's it's, it's kind of few and far between. But, you know, like I say, the pro football focus, those guys will tell you, no, he's had some bad plays. He's had a couple of bad plays, but it's not something that I think that should be alarming to anybody.
1: Talking to Brian Broaddus, bet MGM tonight, uh, CeeDee Lamb has been on a tear the last seven weeks, obviously leaving out a couple of blowouts against Washington and and Carolina. I mean, just getting a ton of targets, getting big-time yards. It's just looking like a number one receiver. Is it the change that we've seen now from really the first half of the season or so, that Chargers game on, has this just been something as simple as just getting more targets, and that's why the production is there? Or does this have to do with a little bit more than maybe the way they're scheming some things, uh, the way the offense looks? or Because I mean, it, it just feels like it was like they flipped a switch, and all of a sudden, this guy has been doing what you kind of expected him to do.
5: Scheme's gotten a lot better, guys. Mm-hmm. It really has. I mean, they there were things when we were in Oxnard, and we were watching practice, and we're seeing, like, we're talking about the bunch formations. We're talking about motion. We're talking about all these things. And we all kind of got really excited about it because we're like thinking, okay, movement is usually a pretty good thing. And they figured out, and the, the the thing that really makes Lamb special is he could play in the slot, and he could play on the outside. And the more you move him, the better he is. And so they've done a really nice job of letting, of not letting him get bracketed during games. People haven't been able to take him away. Now the San Francisco game, San Francisco came out and played a ton of man coverage. They're really a zone team. And Dallas really didn't handle that very, very well. But you know, they're, they're, they've kind of figured out like, okay, let's move CD around, let's get him on the move, let's put him inside, let's put him outside. The combinations have been better, the schemes have been better, you know, the quarterback's been better. So it's kind of a, a combination of all things, and the play caller's even gotten better. So that's I think that's I think CD Lamb has kind of benefited from everything that I just mentioned.
3: Yeah, he had 11 catches for almost 200 yards uh, against the Eagles in Philadelphia last time you guys played. Uh, Who do you think is going to be the main source uh, of offense that the Eagles are going to try to exploit the Cowboys with? Is it going to be the A.J. Brown, or is it going to be Devontae Smith?
5: Man, I absolutely love Smith. And I know last week, you know, you saw what size did to Bland, and it got to the point where they had to take Gilmore and put him on uh, you know, with Medcalf and all that. And, you know, I, I think this game is going to hinge on a couple of different areas, especially with the Eagles offense is, you know, the fact that they get Dallas Goddard back, they got absolutely no production from their tight ends in the games that he was gone. And I think it affected the Eagles defense, the way it played, or excuse me, the Eagles offense and the way it played. So, you know, you got going to keep an eye on, on that uh, going forward, but the, the, you know, with, I think with Brown, you know, you just worry about how he could play, how he plays, you know, the vertical game with him. The slants are really big, you know, anything to do with those in-breaking routes and stuff. And we've mentioned about the Cowboys' safety play. If the Cowboys are bad at safety in this game again, there's going to be some problems. But to me, Smith presents a lot of problems just with the crossing routes, the outs, the routes that he's able to do up the field. It seems like to me when. When Hertz wants to get him the ball, he finds ways to make contested catches. He does a great job on third downs, uh, securing the ball. He makes some really spectacular catches. He's good in the red zone. You know, there's a lot of positivity about him. It. This is going to be something that the, you know the Cowboys are going to really have to worry about because, I, I think we, like I said with with Goddard being back in the lineup, there's your screen game, there's your uh, there's the you know the third down packages and stuff that they can do with him. But man, it is uh, it is going to be a, a difficult task for the Cowboys to have to hold up the whole game in this. But you know that's part of the challenge of the week and every week in the NFL.
3: I don't know about you, Brian, but outside of that Eagles loss to the Niners, they've looked pretty damn good. Are you surprised that the Cowboys, even though they're at home, are three and a half point favorites?
5: Well, Dallas has been really good at home, mm-hmm. and you know they they when they play at home, they you know now maybe it has to do with the competition. That they've been playing. No I mean, week two, they caught a break with no Aaron Rodgers at the Jets. You know, the Patriots hadn't really gotten bad. You know, we were kind of the start of the Patriots going to be bad. Uh, you know, but, yeah, the, you know, the Giants, Commanders, Seahawks were – I mean, Seahawks, that was a – that was a, just a – that was a tough game. I mean, that was just back and forth, back and forth. It, it came down to a couple of, you know, really forked down stops. You know, McCarthy tried to lose the game with a decision at the end, but you know he got bailed out there. And so, you know, it, it's it's one of those things. But they they put up a ton of points at home, and they do a good job with the pressure packages that they create on defense, and they turn people over. So, you know, that has to be why I think Vegas is generally you know uh, when when they set lines, you you always get it always gets your attention. It's like it's rare that you say, "Man, Vegas is wrong about this one." I, I do feel like. Both teams are very evenly matched though you know I mean I think four is pretty pretty strong there but man I, I I'll tell you what Dallas at home has been you know been pretty pretty damn solid
2: oh Brian I've always been a Dak guy but what's the biggest difference that you've noticed you know is it just play caller change with Kellen Moore moving over to the Chargers he's got 26 yeah. touchdown passes just six picks so he cleaned up the interceptions this season but yeah. what's the biggest difference that you're seeing when you watch him this season
5: He's a, you know, Dak has always been a really confident player. And when Dak has problems, it's in the interceptions, when he doesn't see defenders, you can, you can deal with the interceptions that, you know, where it's a tip ball or he's trying to fit one in there. And they've made a lot of throws in the middle of the field where he had some problems. He's a much more confident guy throwing the ball there. He trusts the guys are going to finish routes. That was a problem last year for him with, with Lamb, you know, and, and a little, you know, with Schultz first. And they had some problems, but they just didn't finish routes. You know, they threw the ball to Noah Brown. It gets it gets knocked in the air in the Jacksonville game. You know, that's a that's a loss. You know, he's just not turning the ball over. And, you know, what? he's actually using his legs a little bit more in these games. Mm-hmm. You know, you're starting to see – where, okay, pocket breaks down. It's like, okay, and you're – I'm in the press box, and I'm yelling – well, I'm not yelling, but I'm in my mind. I'm yelling, run, 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 (laughs) you know, because there's that area, you know, that he he can, you know, take advantage, get eight, nine, ten yards, get down, and you get a first down and keep going. So I think he's using his legs a lot more. I think he's confident with some of the throws. And his receivers have been far more confident catching the football for him. He hasn't had the balls that have been knocked up in the air that turned into interceptions last year.
1: All right, Brian, got about 45 seconds or so here. How do you think this game ends?
5: Well, I picked Dallas to win it 30-27. Uh, to 27. I'm not trying to be a homer. I've only been wrong one time picking games for the Cowboys this year, and it was the game that they played in Arizona. I never saw that one coming, but I should have watched an Arizona you kinda play. You kind of did,
3: it. Brian. You kind of did.
5: Well, I, I, you know what? I didn't have the balls to do it, to be honest with you. So, you know, I should have said something, and i like, I was trying to kind of hedge it, and I just yeah. didn't want to. I just didn't do it. But anyway, yeah, I've got Dallas. I, I just think that it, I, this could be very well the Seattle game. This could yeah. go yeah. back and forth, back and forth. Yep. But, you know, who we know. You here, know here we go. Brian brought us cool. 105.3 yes, The man. Fan. Love talking to you. Thanks, Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. It's
1: BetMGM the night.
0: It's time short commercial break. Don't go anywhere though because we'll be right back with even more Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM.
3: Live from BetQL.